right. So hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Yale College Voices. I have Maya Fisher, Dr. Maya Fisher, here with me today, and I'm uh, really excited to, to chat with you. So welcome, Maya. Thank you, Adrice, for having me. Awesome. So Maya, I'm just going to read your bio, and then we're going to jump right in and have a conversation. So All right, let's uh, do it. Go. Here, here's Maya's impressive bio. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Maya is a trained sociologist and passionate international educator with more than two decades of combined expertise as a cross-cultural trainer, program development and management specialist, nonprofit leader, international education, and exchange professional specializing in programming related to Japan and China. She also identifies as a Black woman who has greatly benefited from and been transformed by various international experiences. She leverages these experiences, skills, and knowledge together in, into her leader, current leadership roles. So Maya is director of the Richard U. Light Fellowship at Yale University. The fellowship provides full funding support for intensive language study by Yale students in Japan, China, South Korea, or Taiwan. As director, she is responsible for leading the administration and management, as well as setting the strategic vision of the fellowship. She's passionate about international exchange and brings extensive experience studying and working in Japan notably as founding administrator of the Watanabe Study Abroad Scholarship and former director of education and the Tomodachi Initiative at the U.S.-Japan Council. She has also worked for Youth for Understanding USA, uh, Beloit College. Did I pronounce that Beloit. correctly? Beloit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And Northwood University. In 2020, Maya launched a consulting practice, Global Equity Forward, where she advises organizations and institutions on equity and inclusion through an international cross-cultural lens. In addition, she serves as a senior advisor and board member to various nonprofit and educational entities, including iLeap and the McLean School. So Maya is an, an enthusiastic supporter of next-generation leadership development encouraging young people to embrace their leadership potential, pursue interests in international opportunities, and discover their place and purpose in the world motivates and inspires her every day. Maya holds degrees from Williams College, a bachelor's in psychology and sociology, New York Un University, a master of arts in international education, and the University of Wisconsin-Madison, a Master of Science and PhD in Sociology. So Maya and I are also co-chairs on the uh, DEIB Committee for Yale College, uh, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging. Uh, so th the first time I've met Maya was, uh, let's see, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, now. Um, yeah. While we did some work on the com committee and, and decided to launch our survey. Yep, yep. And... <laughs> Wow. And it, and it seems like such a long time ago, right? But um, yeah, it's a pleasure having you here today. And, and I appreciate all of the support you've uh, given the, the podcast. Um, <laughs> over the summer, we did some <laughs> test runs, which was awesome. And, and it was great just getting to know you. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, we'll just start off with, um, you know, I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your journey, your your extensive <laughs> academic background in sociology, uh, 
all the way up to your current role as uh, director of, of the Richard U. Light Fellowship uh, here, at, here at Yale. Wow. Um, well, thanks again, Dries, for having <laughs> me. This is, uh, it's really a pleasure. And yes, it's been great working with you Thank on the you. committee. Um, Likewise. And I think, uh, and also working with you more recently as co-chairs, um, it's been a very interesting adventure yes. that I think still has ground in front of us mm -hmm. to travel exactly. <laughs> together. So, Absolutely. Um, we're married. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Or get engaged. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. And it's it's always weird when people read your bios yes. back to you and you're like, it sounds like it's all was straightforward yeah. and like intentional mm -hmm. and, you know, that it made sense all mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And it so did not. <laughs> really? Um and I will say I've um, I'm still recently new to Yale, so mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. finished my second year here oh, wow. um, last month, mm -hmm. and um, so I'm going into my third year, um, and I feel like I'm still getting to know the place. Right. Um, but um, I love 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 my role here awesome. at Yale. Um, I feel like this is um, my role as the director for the fellowship is really the culmination of a lot of different things mm -hmm. that had to come together, had to happen in order for me to sit in this particular place. Mm -hmm. um, and if you had told the even college version of me that this is what I would be doing, mm -hmm. um, when I started college, I wanted to be a pediatric neurosurgeon. Wow. Um, and because <laughs> I'd done little... science in high school. Yeah, mm -hmm. very, very divergent. Wow. Um, and but Japan has been a part of my life since high school. I started studying Japanese mm -hmm. um, at my public high school in mm -hmm. Prince George's County, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Yay, Roosevelt Raiders. <laughs> um, and at the time, I had a Japanese teacher who had told me um, had told me about different opportunities after college, even in high school. Um, and I sort of just kept those in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. um, and. She was a woman who loved to teach. She did not have to teach. She just, she was native Japanese. Um, and she said that she just loved sharing her culture with people. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I'll take Japanese in high school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and apparently I had a very good ear for it mm -hmm. and um, good pronunciation for a foreigner. Um, wow. Most Japanese people, if I talk to them on the phone or if they see me or if I've communicated with them previously and then they meet me, there's always this sort of surprise. You're not Japanese. Are you Japanese? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, so that's always an interesting uh -huh. situation. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I went through college really fully exploring college. Mm -hmm. um, I went in wanting to do Japanese and neuroscience. I came out with degrees in psychology and sociology wow. because I discovered along the way that there were things that I really was interested in. Mm -hmm. And I just took those classes and they sort of created a major. Yeah. Um, and after college, I spent a couple of years teaching English in Japan oh, wow. um, on the JET program, which is a U.S. Uh, Japanese government initiative that brings native English speakers into public schools in Japan. So wow. I taught for two years there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I came back and I wanted to still stay connected to Japan, but didn't know how, because at the time, 
anything related to Japan or East Asia was really in the policy, security, or economic realm. Okay. And none of those things were my field. Mm-hmm. Um, I So most of the job prospects were, were not really open to me. Wow. Um, and so I ended up at the um, at working at the Embassy of Japan um, wow. in their Congressional <laughs> Affairs section. Oh, wow. Um, and it sounds impressive, yeah. but I think... Honestly, I feel like I got the job because I grew up in in and around D.C. Mm-hmm. My mother worked for um, Congress, mm-hmm. so I knew how co- congressional offices worked. I knew how the Hill worked, mm-hmm. but I had absolutely no interest <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> but I could do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it allowed me to stay connected to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I got some really good advice that said, you know, go and volunteer and see if there are other things that you might want to do. Mm-hmm. And I ended up volunteering with the organization that sent me to Japan as a high school student. Oh, um, So Youth for Understanding. So mm-hmm. I volunteered to do their orientations mm-hmm. um, and go to schools and talk to students about, you should go to Japan, mm-hmm. you should go abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then discovered that that could be a job or that's a career. Amazing. And yeah. that's how I sort of fell into international ed. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but it's so interesting when you, when you mentioned... Um, your experience in high school, but tied into your your mom having that experience in in Congress, and you know you you basically used all of, you know you pulled all of your resources together <laughs> and navigated that. I mean that that's amazing. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell me since you, since you mentioned how uh, <laughs> folks are always surprised after you know if they speak to you on the phone and then they meet you in person. Um, I'm wondering about your, you know, just your personal experience as, as a as a black woman, right? Um, and you benefited from from all of these uh, international experiences you've had. Um, so how did that sort of influence your career path and and your passion um, for international education and cross cultural training? Yeah, um, it's. It's been interesting. So for most of the things that I've done mm-hmm. in and related to Japan, mm-hmm. um, especially early in my career, um, I often felt like or actually was the only black woman mm-hmm. or a person of color in most of the rooms or activities mm-hmm. that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I came back um, and was sort of doing the um, the work at Youth for Understanding and helping to promote international education um, and international opportunities, I really felt like it was important for me to find ways to encourage people who looked like me to do these things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, if there was a school or if there was a group um, or if, you know, somebody came up to me and was like, I want to do this, um, at one point when I was in D.C., um, I was selected to be a Goodwill ambassador for the oh. National Cherry Blossom Festival. Wow. Um, and so that meant my job was sort of the public relations of Japan in mm-hmm. D.C. during this two-week-long festival of mm-hmm. spring time in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to go out and talk to young people in schools or community members to talk about what it meant to host somebody mm-hmm. from a foreign country um, in Japan in particular. And so I've always felt like I wanted to see more people like me mm-hmm. do these things. Um, and 
also because I felt like my pathway was not really traditional. I came to most of this work from an educational field versus, mm -hmm. as I said before, the political, economic, or security fields. Right. And um, I was just, that sort of was my sort of my guiding principle was yeah. sort of, you know, encouraging and helping people to see themselves in these places yeah. and spaces and yeah. also to think about, okay, I've had a wonderful time in Japan. Mm -hmm. Not saying it wasn't challenging, mm -hmm. not saying I didn't have some bananas conversations with <laughs> Japanese people, but I always have felt embraced. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to say that I had always, you know, befriended or met like your your atypical Japanese people because mm -hmm. people had been so welcoming and inviting. Mm -hmm. And I have now learned that that is probably not what happened, but it helped me to realize that I had a presumption about who Japanese people were, what mm -hmm. they were like. Mm -hmm. And the Japanese people that I met are typical Japanese people, mm -hmm. very open, welcoming, not without their own, you know, challenges, opinions right. <laughs> that we, you know, may have had to have some very highly debated conversations with mm -hmm. but um you know i i came from a place of most japanese that i met who'd never met an american or never met a black person before um i always approached with okay if i'm the first mm -hmm. then i understand there're going to be questions there're going to be assumptions there're going to be things that they don't know or understand and i'm open to those questions mm -hmm. um and i attribute that to my grandmother mm -hmm. who was um on my dad's side martha fisher mm -hmm. um who was one of those people that she could be standing on the street outside of a concert and just start talking to people mm -hmm. and you know and she was she's just one of those people that you know even if she initiates a conversation, somehow she still pulls people in mm. to a conversation or mm -hmm. wanting to have a conversation right, with her. Right. Um, and so I think that I have inherited a little bit of that from her yeah. where awesome I'm willing <laughs> to have conversations with people. Yeah. I don't mind. Ask me the questions. When mm -hmm. I teach sociology, it's the same way. Mm -hmm. Ask me the questions that you've always wanted to ask, mm -hmm. that you've been afraid of, that you thought somebody would be offended by. Nothing can offend me. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> I've heard it all pretty much. <laughs> right. um, and I'm willing to answer those questions because mm -hmm. those are the questions that people walk around the world with mm -hmm. that impact their worldview and their behavior. Mm -hmm. And if I can help people with an, an additional viewpoint, perspective, or information that maybe can influence their actions for better, mm -hmm, <laughs> then mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. And that that uh, that was probably the first thing that struck me about you uh, oh. <laughs> when we we did our work on the committee. But, yeah, I, I noticed right away that you had you had no problem um, facing qu questions head on, but also, uh, qu you know, questions that some folks may feel uncomfortable even approaching the subject or, um, you know, having a having a conversation and and that yeah that was one of the first things that stood out to me about you that that I you know to be honest I loved it because you know to, in order for this uh committee to to sort of move forward mm. you, there there has to be um you know you can't have fear of having a conversation even yeah. if it's uncomfortable or you know maybe uh 
helping people uh, debunk myths. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you, you had an impression uh, about Japanese people um, prior to some of your travel. And then you realize, oh, this is actually my experience was the everyday experience that wasn't so, you know, wasn't yeah. like uh, unusual. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's great. That That's one of, you know, I have to say that's, that's probably one of the first <laughs> things I noticed about you. And, and it's an awesome quality because um, I think the more uh, that you exhibit that quality, like you said, it pulls people in mm. and, and yeah, I, I think that's amazing because it, um, not everyone has that that ability to stop and have a conversation with someone, mm-hmm. um, like you said, at a concert, and suddenly <laughs> you're like, "We have to go inside." You know, <laughs> we're here for a concert, not, but but that's great, right? Yeah. It's just to be able to have a conversation and pull people in, and yeah. and and for it to be pleasant, you mm-hmm. know, to be a pleasant exchange. And yeah. then, you know, one of the things I learned about um, just talking to everyone during the podcast was just that few minutes that you interact with with someone can make an impression yep. much, much later or even ongoing. It's not just in that moment, yeah. but it could they could think about you, um, you years know, for later. years to come. Right. Yeah. Like like I'll even it kind of a funny example that came to mind for me. Um, this happened maybe a couple of years ago. I, so I was at a gas station and I, you know, I'm techie. So I am trying to use my phone to pay for the gas. <laughs> And for some reason, uh, my bank kept declining it, thinking it was a fraudulent purchase. So okay. every time I tried to hold my phone up, it kept declining. And then eventually, it like locked the, uh, the account. Yep. <laughs> it locked the account, <laughs> and the you know I had it, the screen said, "Oh, see a gas attended," mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Really?" You know. So I'm going inside, and I I went inside to say, you know, I, I grabbed my wallet, and I'm like, you know, twenty bucks or whatever on the on the gas pump. And the attendant was like, "Oh no, the the lady just now paid on that pump." And I and at first I thought, "Was it a mistake?" Yeah, was it a mistake? <laughs> Did she pay on the wrong pump? And I'm like, "Oh, geez. you know." And in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, geez, now she paid on the wrong pump, and now I have to figure track this her out." Down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he pointed her out, like he he said, "Oh yeah, she went outside," and um, so I saw her, you know. So I'm like running up to her, like, "Hey, you, I think you paid on the wrong pump," and sh- and she says. Uh, no, I thought I thought you were in trouble, and and I just wanted to help, and so I paid for your gas, and I and I tried to pay her back, and she's, she's no, 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 yeah. and and I thought that was so such a nice thing to do, and and she and the fact that she did it and took off, <laughs> right? She's not looking for she's recognition. Not looking for recognition. It's basically like you know you see somebody as a human being, right? Right. You see somebody in distress. You exactly. see somebody you know, where their humanity is on full display. And your thinking is, okay, if there's something that I can do, I will try to help. I will try to help. Okay, she looks like she's in distress. You ask the guest attendant, okay, is there a problem? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, it's $23 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I can cover that. Right, right. You know, and it's like, you know, just helping. And Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think that that's the orientation that, I understand we take as educators, right? right? Like mm-hmm. we are in classrooms. We are hoping that whatever we are sharing or, you know, pouring out into our students and they're mm-hmm. pouring into us mm-hmm. is going to impact 
them in the world in some future right. way, right? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. may not live to see it. We may mm-hmm. not ever see them again right. after this, but we trust and have faith that that's going to benefit mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. or the world in some yeah. way, shape, or form. And I think I both my parents are trained educators, mm-hmm. and so I think that's also the 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 mindset that I grew up with, mm-hmm. and so. But I don't limit it to a classroom, Mm -hmm, right? You mm -hmm. limit it to your experience Experience. as a human being in the world. And I feel like that is um, between my grandmother's perspective of Mm -hmm. being able to, you know, just have conversations with people about things that they're not used to talking about Mm -hmm. and sort of this trust and faith of, you know, trying to, you know, share things with people that will help to make the world better. Right. Like between those two things, I think. Uh, are what really came together during the pandemic for me mm. when um, I I formed my my company mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. before I got my job at Yale, <laughs> right. um, but um, because a friend reminded me, she's like, "You teach on these things because right. you know there was the um, the protests and sort of you know the the racial reckoning and all these mm-hmm. other things mm-hmm. and." As a sociologist at Wisconsin, when I was in grad school, I taught two classes. Um, one, uh, I was a TA for human sexuality, um, and then I was a t- uh, instructor for a course on race and um, race and ethnicity in American life. Mm-hmm. And so they were considered sort of controversial courses. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, um, but I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, in that summer of 2020, when everything was erupting, something happened in Japan where the Japanese broadcasting um, service um, aired a video, and, mm. and it was an animated video um, to the Japanese public, um, where they were trying to ex- they were trying to explain what the protests were mm-hmm. and also the looting, but oh, they conflated okay. them mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a sort of singular event, mm-hmm. and the caricatures of the people who were doing it were. Um, people of darker complexions mm-hmm. um, in sort of uh, stereotypical outfits, sort of like um, mm-hmm. wife beaters mm-hmm. and things like that. And I remember my first I was like, come on, Japan, we have to do better. <laughs> right, right. Um, and at the time, also, there were a lot of Japanese friends who were trying to understand what was happening mm-hmm. in the U.S. And I was like, there has to be something to be done. And um I decided to teach a course, uh, an abbreviated version of a course that I taught mm-hmm. um, at Wisconsin mm-hmm. and adapted it for the pandemic. I adapted it for the current climate. Wow. Um, and then I invited people um, in Japan that who wanted to sort of better understand these things mm-hmm. and um, anybody in the U.S. And then I ter- taught it six weeks virtually for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where it helped me to realize people have a lot of anxiety. They right. have a lot of thoughts and people feel mm-hmm. very strongly about a lot of these things, mm-hmm. but they have no place or space to explore that, to talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's afraid of saying the wrong thing. Right. Um, and so how can... You know, how can we how can I help people sort of develop their own voices around these topics so Mm -hmm. that they can have engaged conversations with people in their lives Mm -hmm. about these things? And so that was the origin of my company. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this apparently is a thing that I can do. And here is my contribution. So that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And you know what it brings to mind is, uh, so as you know, we've, I uh, Daisy Abreu is mm-hmm. my first guest on the podcast, and yep. and uh, uh, Daisy, who's parts of part of the uh, 
uh, arts, Yale College Arts. Yep. Uh, she mentioned on the podcast that uh, her department, they hold sort of a, it's not a staff meeting, it's a separate meeting mm-hmm. for to, you know, allow that sort of platform for folks to have a discussion and, and um, talk about issues that they're facing and, and all sorts of things. And, you know, when she first mentioned that to me, I was like, that's, that's amazing that you, you know, that a department came is coming together to do that. And I mm-hmm. wish it could happen more often. Um, but just to have that, like you said, it's like a safe environment where it's not, uh, you don't feel like it's a stupid comment or a stupid yeah. question, but it's, it's a, uh, an exchange and, mm-hmm. and a place to do it where, um, you know, at least you feel like you're, you're learning or, yeah. you know, learning about, uh, other folks and their perspectives and you're things like that. You're not judged for being you're where you judged. are in your journey. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually just mentioned that on Monday. Did in, you? Um, to, to, uh, somebody on my team mm-hmm. about doing that in our yeah. team meeting That's awesome. and having a place for that. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have a friend who suggested this because this is what had been in her department. Yeah. And so, because um, I also felt like, yeah, it's a really, um, it's a simple mm-hmm. um, opportunity right. to do that. And it can start small it can start and small. it could just be an open portion of the meeting. But mm-hmm. the fact that it stands as a, as a sort of carved out time mm-hmm. that if somebody has something that's come up that week, right. they can just say that right. um, or share it mm-hmm. or ask for advice mm-hmm. or share you know. resources. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And, and hopefully they're <laughs> receptive to it. And you'll and like you said, you start small. Yep. And, you know, what will be really interesting is to hear where things go like a year from now to yep. To find out, like, how how do people feel? Like, yeah. how did it make you feel? Did it change your perspective? Like, from some of the um, comments we saw yeah, on on the, the survey, survey. Yeah. Um, you know, how did it change? Did it make some sort of positive change? And I hope right. so. I, yeah. I think I, you know, I'm just in hearing about it. I think makes a difference that mm-hmm. people are finally having conversations and feeling feeling uh, safe. To do so. To do so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'd probably say, you know, I've been at Yale for 16 years and and I've never been in an environment mm. uh, where it felt okay to do that. Right, yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of it is, again, people, you know, there's a certain level of anxiety, discomfort, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether we can do it, whether mm-hmm. we can say mm-hmm. it. Um, and, but I think... The goal, right, is to change the environment within which people are sitting, within which we are working, right? And so if the environment feels more welcoming, if the Mm. environment, um, just sort of the breathing space Mm -hmm. that we are in, um, that we all share, if that is freer, less confining, less Mm -hmm. oppressive, then people can, again, more fully as their whole selves, their full humanity right. can be present. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you want because, yeah. you know, you want a full employee. Right, exactly. Because a full employee <laughs> is the most productive version exactly. of ourselves, it right? Is. And yes. so, um, you know. I see you more than I see my own family, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, honestly, and it's, and it's um, 
you want it to you want people to feel like it's a positive environment uh, to yeah. come to every day. Yes. And and because, yeah, like you said, it does affect our productivity. It affects mm-hmm. our, our mental health. Um, yeah. So so many different things that that contribute to being a, a you know, a good, pro, uh, productive employee. Yeah. So and it helps with keeping good, talented people yes. here. Retention. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, I um and, you know, so I've spent most of my life outside of higher ed. I've worked with institutions um, and but I've worked with nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was a very interesting shift coming to Yale mm-hmm. um, and coming to my particular role um, with the fellowship, mm-hmm. um, being able to. Um, you know, we have the resources mm-hmm. to be able to do the programming, the outreach, mm-hmm. the advising of students, um, sort of all the things that outside of these hallowed holes you mm-hmm. had to fight for, right? Yeah, Tooth and nail yeah. for, for resources to right. be able to do. Right. And to be here and to have the opportunity to um, to really think about and put the pieces together in mm-hmm. a way that you feel like is um, – is something that is part of a student's educational journey, right? Mm. Not not just in the classroom, but a fellowship is something that's external to their classes, mm-hmm. but is still part of their broader educational journey and their developmental journey as right. productive, contributing members of society mm-hmm. and humanity mm-hmm. just broadly, um, which I know is sort of, you know, one of the things that Yale as an institution wants to produce mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, that is an output. So, yeah. um I feel like, you know, having the opportunity to do that and be a part of that Mm -hmm. and to contribute to, um, you know, uh, helping students to be more conscientious, to develop empathy, Mm. particularly after the pandemic. Yes. um, yes. In times when they didn't necessarily have the things that we assume that they're coming to college with. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) And um and being able to be nimble enough also in our roles yeah. and in our departments to be able to say, okay, well, okay, we are, our systems assume that they have this. We are seeing that they don't have this. Mm. So what can we do mm-hmm. to adapt to the students that we do have right, right. Um, so that we can continue to produce, right. you know, and prepare them, prepare them mm-hmm. for what is going to come after. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that, so great segue <laughs> because I, I, wa- <laughs> I wanted to ask you if you could elaborate on, on your work with, with the, uh, fellowship. Um, and also just, you know, and, and you just mentioned, uh, you know, promoting cross-cultural understanding. Um, what are, are there certain experiences that kind of stand out in your mind in terms of the work that you do with the fellowship? Um, experiences for me or experiences for students? Uh, why don't we start off with, with for you and then you could tell me maybe a student has shared a, a, you know, a positive experience with you as well. Um, oh boy, I did not, I did not prep an answer for this. (laughs) It's okay. Um, so I think one of the, one of the things that I am always just, um, floored by Mm -hmm. with this fellowship opportunity is um, a lot of my experiences with Japan or China or things that I've done in international ed Mm -hmm. um, didn't come with funding. Mm. Um, And so I either had to seek out funding or, you know, take out student loans or whatever Mm -hmm. to cover it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
the fact that students at Yale have this competitive opportunity for funding, and mm. it's full funding, mm-hmm. to go and spend a period of time of their choice, mm-hmm. right? They could do it in the summer. They could do it um, during term time. They could mm-hmm. do it in a co- some combination of all of those things. Mm-hmm. Or they could do it more than once. Mm. Um, you have to apply and mm-hmm. uh, be awarded, but it's an opportunity that I think myself and all members of my team who've also had to seek other opportunities Mm -hmm. for funding to do the things that we've done Mm -hmm. are always just like, wow, we're so lucky. Like, or we, we wish we had this when we were students. Um, (laughs) That's been a common topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, and, um, and to be able to see students, the thing that I always get excited about is, um, giving the opportunity or awarding students who, um, as a non-traditional student or student who didn't go about things sort of the normative way, Mm -hmm. um, I have a soft spot Mm -hmm. for people who, you know, um, who exhibit leadership potential in different ways than maybe be traditionally measured. Um, And so what I appreciate about this fellowship is that it really does look at your potential. It Mm. looks at your motivation. It Mm -hmm. looks at sort of these things that aren't exclusively grades, um, but, you know, are you going to fully embrace this experience? Is this just something that's going to be on your resume Mm -hmm. versus something that you really, that is going to sort of fully inhabit you um, and stay with you Mm -hmm. because ultimately what they want is that um, you come back and share what you've learned with other people and Mm -hmm. get them excited to Mm go. Um, And um, I had the opportunity to talk to, um, to meet with and spend some time with Dr. Timothy Light, who's the son of Richard U. Light, who Mm -hmm. gave the money to Yale. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in the conversations and hearing and talking about the fellowship and sort of learning about the history of the fellowship, um, one of the things that I always talk to students about, but now more explicitly than I did before, Mm -hmm. is this idea that, you know, we know that Yale graduates are going to go out and be leaders in the world. We Mm -hmm. know that they're going to go out and impact the world and the lives of people, large numbers of people across the globe, Mm -hmm. right? And so what we for the fellowship want to make sure of is that if you're going to go into these fields or this region, um, we want you to be able to understand the people, Mm -hmm. the culture, Mm -hmm. um, the nuance of language, um, and have that inform how you choose to be and act in those places and spaces. And so that's a responsibility that Mm -hmm. I take seriously Mm -hmm. and also a mission that I can get behind. (laughs) Yes. Right. And so for me, that's the great opportunity of Mm -hmm. this is that you can help, you can help uh, students um, develop that sense of responsibility, Mm -hmm. develop that sense of recognition Mm -hmm. of, oh my gosh, you know, my work, my thinking, my presence is going to matter. Yes. And what comes with that? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so when I, the things that are rewarding is when we actually have a chance to go and visit our students in the middle of these programs um, and talk to them and see and hear, you know, what they have done with that experience, Mm -hmm. what they have done with their time, if they're only in country for the summer, mm. 
I'm only here for eight weeks. You know, I'm not spending any time in my apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm going and doing these things. I am meeting local students. I am, you know, exploring museums. I am, you know, um, uh, trying different foods. Mm -hmm. I'm learning about, you know, history or pottery or painting, um, you know, the ways in which that they are fully embracing the time mm-hmm. um, there is helps me to know that the work that we're doing and the way that we're doing it is in line with the mission. So right. I feel like, OK, if I can continue to have that sort of check in, mm-hmm. then I know that we're on the right track. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it, I mean, honestly, it almost gives me goose goosebumps to to. Imagine effect, you know, um, having an effect on a on a student who literally, you know, they're they're gaining all of these experiences and knowledge that potentially can be world changing. Yeah, I mean that that's that's amazing. <laughs> it's, that that's it's and that's an awesome feeling to truly feel like you're contributing to, mm. you know, a, a, not just someone's, you know, not just their own personal world or their mm-hmm. their own circle but you know the 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 world you know the <laughs> globally i mean that's an awesome um uh way to to think about you know coming to work every day and and to think you know all and the, you know that that's the purpose of this uh podcast right we we all have parts in contributing to Yale mm-hmm. college student experience and hopefully a positive impact in terms of how they, you know, we, we give them all the tools and resources and, and opportunities and things like that. And then they go off into the world and change, you know, change the world really. And uh, yeah, I mean, literally that does give me goosebumps because it's like, (laughs) like, wow. I mean, to imagine you have, you may have some part in, in do it. You know what I mean? That makes me nervous. I don't think about that part. (laughs) You don't think Um. about (laughs) <laughs> I I mean what I what I do think about yeah. is you know um so actually this is a great uh uh story so mm-hmm. um last week a package came to our office mm-hmm. and uh, my colleague picked it up out of the mailroom and she opened it and she's like She's like, this is a student who just came back from time away mm-hmm. um, or from one of our she was one of our fellows. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had sent us um, just a simple like coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, she sent all three of us, so all three members of the Light Fellowship team. And mm-hmm. she just sent a coaster with a note of thanks mm-hmm. and said, I had the most wonderful experience. I mm-hmm. couldn't have imagined, you know, any other um opportunity Mm -hmm. being for me what this was Mm -hmm. and I just thank you for your support your help and you know that's the kind of stuff that again just helps us one you know not just not just the students to have a great time right but that they have reflected Mm -hmm. on what they have gotten out of this and how it has made them better humans humans not like better students Mm -hmm. because yes language acquisition and development (laughs) is part of the fellowship i know yes but you know again we want them to be better humans Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we do in our pre-departures orientations is we tell the students look there are a hundred other people 
behind the scenes of these programs mm-hmm. who are supporting you, mm-hmm. who are making the things that you are doing possible. Mm-hmm. You may not see them, right. but if you do, please just say thank you. Say thank you. Like just acknowledge <laughs> yes. their work yes. on your behalf right. to make what you are doing there possible. Right. And I think, you know, gratitude mm-hmm empathy, Mm -hmm. thanking, like just acknowledge and seeing people Mm -hmm. again for Mm -hmm. their humanity and for the work that they are doing for Mm -hmm. you is like, that's something that I want to put out into the world. So Mm -hmm. that's something Mm -hmm. that I want. That's my personal thing Mm -hmm. that I want our fellows to be able to exhibit. Right. Right. So that's part of sort of what the types of people that we want to send out representing Yale, representing the fellowship mm-hmm. are people who are gracious. Yes. And yes. gratitude goes a, a long, long way. way. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's really about acknowledging people's central humanity. We mm-hmm. may be different in a lot of different other ways, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I talk about with my with my work is, you know, you connect with people as human beings first, like Mm -hmm. at heart, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you are a human, I am a human. Mm -hmm. Then what we do is we build the relationship, we build the layers upon that. We understand each other's complexities Mm -hmm. and we expand Mm -hmm. beyond that central thing. But the first thing that you do is you acknowledge and recognize somebody as a human being first. And then you can ask what they do or, you know, what makes you happy or mm-hmm. what are you passionate about? You build the complexity of understanding and the relationship on that. Like, but you have to start there Yeah. yeah. Um, where most people are like, you go from the outside in. I'm like, mm-hmm. actually, no, you start from the inside, the right. core of their heart, mm-hmm. humanity, and then work your way out. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I love that. And I, um, yeah, absolutely. It, it, and it kind of brings me back, and I know that you say you don't think about it, but I think I do. I think about it almost like I treat raising my kids. It's like I want you to be a good person. Mm-hmm. You know that that's my big thing with my with my kids. It's like no matter what you do, whether you get right. straight A's or right. not, right. <laughs> you know, or not, you know, um, I I want to raise my kids to be good people, you know, and just good, decent human beings, and that that's probably my ultimate goal. And yeah, I don't have kids, so this is this is my version. Yeah, but these are these are your kids, you know. You you do right, and and you mentioned. I know you have guinea pigs. I do. So guinea pigs. Yes, (laughs) I'm sure you raise them to be good guinea pigs too. But but no, yeah, they're spoiled, right? (laughs) But but honestly, it's like um, whether they're you know your kids or or the students that you work with, but they are your kids, right? Mm. That because you're influencing them to to be good human beings and and to you know do be gracious and mm-hmm. and show gratitude and and um yeah that I I think that's amazing because I I honestly feel that when you like I said earlier you have an experience with with someone um whether it's 5 minutes or you know you spend time with them for several weeks or months or whatever it impacts how you um go out into the world and your your daily interactions. I, I honestly yeah. feel, like I said, the woman at the gas station, that kind of changed, you know, it, it changed me a little bit because I, I wouldn't, I don't know, I was just really surprised that someone would do that, um, mm. especially in that moment. And I was in a frustrated, rushed, yep. you know, yep. rushed moment. Um, and the fact that someone just thought to be kind and to want to help someone they didn't even know. And yeah. then they didn't even want to take credit for it. Yeah. 
um, if, if, if it, you know, and I probably sound like, oh, it sounds so lofty, but, <laughs> but imagine if you did one, you know, everyone did that at least one time a day. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful world it would be. Right. But, but honestly, well, you know, it's funny because so I, <laughs> So I, I've done things like that before, mm-hmm. like, you know, people in the grocery line, right, if right. they are frustrated or mm-hmm. payment doesn't go through. Right. Um, when I do, so I do a lot of driving on the road and mm-hmm. road trips. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I will do sometimes is I will, to, to <laughs> sometimes I'm like, maybe it's to help my travel karma, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it might be to like, you know, pay for the car behind you yeah, in, yeah. on the toll road right. or um, uh, this... Um, uh, this radio station that I that's down in the DC metro area, mm-hmm. um, you know, has this thing where you know, like once a week, where or like once every so often, they'd be like, okay, well, today is the driveway or the drive through day where you would oh. pay for somebody in the drive through mm-hmm. behind you mm-hmm. or something like that. And so, you know, f- sometimes it's just fun. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's freaky because yeah, yeah. people <laughs> then try to track you down and then you don't know and then it's a little weird. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's just one of those like simple, it's like a simple pleasure, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. like what you can do for a kindness. And for mm-hmm. me, because I live alone, mm-hmm. I don't have, like my family doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have kids. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, my guinea pigs are the source of my joy. But, (laughs) you know, sometimes you just want some human connection, too. So you want to feel like you are a useful human to other humans outside of your job. Right. And so sometimes it's just, you know. And, you know, sometimes it is sometimes it does make you feel better. Right. But then sometimes, you know, you are helping out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, I truly believe in that because it 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 does matter. Um, you know, acts of kindness. Mm. And even if you do bring it back into work, uh, how we interact with each other when, you know, if you need something from me and, and, you know, whatever the task may involve, I appreciate a little gratitude, you know, (laughs) and, and, and vice versa. Right. I I think that people forget. Mm. Um, Yeah. And that's, that, that could be a whole other conversation, but, but just in terms of how we treat each other when, as we're trying to get work done. Right. Yeah. And, you know, part of my part of my role mm-hmm. is outreach. Mm-hmm. Right. But even though I consider myself an introvert, a lot of people argue with me that I'm not. <laughs> but I I get my energy mostly from being by myself. Interesting. But I do enjoy mm-hmm. meeting other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to be sort of like measured and, you know, over time. Right, but right. Um, because I also invest a lot in relationships when I meet people. Mm. So um, I do often, and I think I may have said this to you, I was like, part of my job is outreach. I have Mm. a budget for outreach. (laughs) And so I say, hey, let's have lunch. Let's have coffee. Um, I've done some different things around campus where I've said, hey, let's meet up and continue this conversation. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I've had a chance to meet people across the university, Mm -hmm. not just in Yale College, Mm -hmm. Um, and which has been also cool to better understand this place, this place as a right? whole. <laughs> it's very intricate. Um, uh... <laughs> and also to understand that different units, mm-hmm. you know, operate differently. Yes. They have sort of different goals mm-hmm. and agendas and things, but somehow we're all under the mm-hmm. Yale, mm-hmm. you know, university um, umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also gives me an additional perspective 
of, you know, recognizing all of the competing interests that so many people are trying to manage. Um, But, you know, it's like, okay, but if somebody's having a hard day, let's go for ice cream. Mm -hmm. I always like to combine (laughs) these opportunities with food. Um, And it doesn't even have to be like dinner. It can be like a simple ice cream. Mm -hmm. You know, we've gone for ice cream and sat outside, you know, gone for walks with coffee. Um, And so I think that's also something that, I enjoy mm-hmm. about my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm actually in the process right now of sending out a um, an, uh, an email to some people, to people that I've met across the university that, um, you know, hey, I know that there are experts in, you know, who have experience or um, have studied East Asian languages that aren't faculty that may not be in Yale College. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. But I know y'all are out there and I would love to meet you (laughs) and learn about you. And similar to what you're doing with the podcast Mm -hmm. is like there are people that have expertise that have potentially possibly nothing to do with their jobs, but Mm -hmm. they're passionate about these things. And so, um, you know, and those are the people who I want, you know, our students to see these experiences mm-hmm. can take you in directions that are, yes, the well-worn path, mm-hmm. but they can also influence, impact, and be useful in so many other fields right. and disciplines yeah. um, and areas. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I that is something also that I think is unique that I bring to the role mm-hmm. and to the space mm-hmm. um, is saying, hey, yes, you can all be State Department, you know, mm-hmm people if you Mm -hmm. want to be but you could also be like an art restorer you could also be um you know work in security like you can do a whole variety of things Mm -hmm. with this expertise Mm -hmm. um, and knowledge that you can also leverage in different ways so that's the thing that actually makes me excited to come to work every day like that possibility that's great that's great um so excuse me um so, um, yes, we know that you're uh, deeply involved, right, in, in international ed- education and exchange. Um, so what are some of the big challenges that you see while you're promoting uh, diversity and, and inclusion in these spaces? And, and how, you know, have you thought about how to address them or, are you, or what are you uh, actively addressing or, for, or maybe something that you foresee? Um. So what I am, what I've continued to be um, to realize is that the Light Fellowship is not just a unique thing for Yale students, but mm-hmm. it's unique in the field mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, funding related to study abroad or international opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, thinking about okay, not every institution, not every organization can have a mega donor that gives money to be able to do this, right? right? So. Um, you know, how can we bring um, the knowledge of this opportunity or others like it mm-hmm. to students who may not normally have access to it or information about it? Right. Um, that's been one of the things that I feel like has been sort of important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my previous in my previous role before I came to Yale, as you mentioned, um, I had the opportunity to create a scholarship, oh, um, the Watanabe so. Study Abroad Scholarship mm-hmm. at the U.S. Japan Council. Mm-hmm. There was a donor, and he awesome. did give money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to build that program from the ground up. I got to he 
told me what he wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got to build the criteria, the application. I got to promote it at schools across the U.S., across mm -hmm. Japan. Um, and it really, again, as somebody who was a student who did not exhibit their potential in a traditional way, mm -hmm. made me really think about, okay, how do I, how can we assess mm -hmm. somebody's potential without transcripts? So that yeah. scholarship, which very much, um, it was for Japanese to come to study in the U.S. and for Americans to study in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, it had to be credit-bearing, which was different from the Light Fellowship. Mm -hmm. But... Um, one of the things that the application did not require was transcripts. Oh. Um, the Japanese applicants were very flustered by this because <laughs> a lot of things when you talk about merits are all about your achievements in mm -hmm. school, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, but I designed an application that explicitly, you could submit it, but it didn't factor into the decision at all. Okay. Um, and so thinking about how we can assess somebody's potential, mm -hmm. yes, it takes a little bit more time, it takes a little bit more effort, mm -hmm. but we've learned that everybody comes to these places and opportunities in different ways, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean that your journey is any, you know, um, more qualitatively right. better or worse than mine. Mm -hmm. They're different. So mm -hmm. how do we account for those differences but mm -hmm. be able to see somebody's potential for this opportunity awesome. being successful? So um, that, so thinking about how we, um, our application process is one of the things that I really spend a lot of time thinking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. We actually just revamped our one for the fellowship. Oh, really? Um, to think about, to get students to really reflect on why they're doing this. Mm -hmm. A lot of people tell them, this is what you should be doing, right? right? right. But okay, is this the right time for me? Is mm -hmm. this the right opportunity the right for opportunity. me? Mm -hmm. Is this a good fit for me? Right, right. Um, you know, asking yourselves those questions and then because of the pandemic, travel has changed. Mm -hmm. The context and situations and the on the ground have changed in different places, mm -hmm. particularly in East Asia. Mm -hmm. And so we also want students to be, you know, um, aware of and prepared and do some of their, you know, before they go work, like their mm -hmm. homework, mm -hmm. to go and make sure that they understand mm -hmm. what they're getting themselves into. Right. Um, right. And so... Thinking about application processes, and as I said earlier, our processes were assuming that their students were coming with certain things, right? right? And so now we have to rethink that. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about application processes, selections, mm -hmm. um, I do um, I do some external trainings about how people can sort of be um, be mindful in selection. Mm -hmm. um, so that they can account for potential in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, those are the two things. Uh, money has always been one. I wrote my dissertation on study abroad decision making. Mm. Um, so because everybody had said, um, you know, uh, lack of money is why students of color don't study abroad. And I was like, wow. as a person of color being mm -hmm. told about me and my group of people, mm -hmm. I was like, I felt like that was an incomplete statement. Mm. Um, and so I, I wanted to explore that more. And one of the things that I found out is money is an issue for everybody, mm -hmm. but how money matters mm -hmm. is different for different people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so um, some people 
um, are very comfortable taking out loans for these opportunities. Some people are like, I'm going to get through college without having any debt. Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. shapes the decisions that you make for college. I went to college not really planning to study abroad. I had plans to do other things because I knew I was planning to go abroad after college Mm. to teach in Japan. So, Mm -hmm, you know, we don't always understand people's motivations for doing things. And so... um, trying to understand how money matters and what we can do to mitigate the things that Mm -hmm. matter related Mm -hmm. to money for students um, with respect to international opportunities is also sort of the second place where I feel like there's work to be done. Wow. Excellent. Um, I'm curious, uh, you know, when you mentioned some of your work uh, prior to coming to Yale and, and also, uh, that you you still go out into communities, right, to, mm-hmm. to talk to students, to let them know, like, these are actual opportunities that that you could take advantage of that, that maybe they either wouldn't have thought of before or thought that maybe it just wasn't an opportunity that was yeah. open to, to them. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what kind of advice do you give these students um, <laughs> in terms of, you know, if, if those who are uh, aspiring to become future leaders or, you know, they want to explore international opportunities? Like, what are some examples, uh, if, if or maybe if you could think of uh, the top two uh, pieces of, you know, advice uh, that you give students um, who are looking to get into this, uh, into the, these programs? Um, I think, so whenever I talk to, I, I, I it's funny because I talk to, like, Japanese high school groups, mm-hmm. um, and then I talk to like American high school students as well, um, because I'm always thinking about entry points, right? So I came to study Japanese in high school because my high school had an absurd number of foreign languages offered, mm-hmm. and um, Japanese just seemed interesting. Mm-hmm. And when I went to visit the different classes, the Japanese teacher seemed really nice and she had food. So like, <laughs> again, you just never know what right. the hook is going to be. Right, right. right. Um, and that sort of has been my sort of, you yeah. know, has been in my life now since the age of 14. Um, and they always say food, it really does. It brings people together, right? <laughs> it does. Um, and if it's good and Japanese food yeah. is really good. Yeah. So food um, and music, right? <laughs> Yes, food, food and, and music. music. Exactly. It's kind of like a common language, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, you know, I always think about, you know, what, and so for me, it was my teacher and just a, an interest in the material. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to learn. So mm-hmm. that is what sort of kept me going. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what, you know, kept me going despite, you know, not always great grades in grammar for Japanese or mm-hmm. the tough times. So the one thing is I, I ask students to think about what is your entry point? Sort of where, you know, what makes you interested mm-hmm. in this? Um, and you don't have to think about it necessarily in the long term, mm-hmm. but keep, you know, keep that in the center of what interests you. You can stay true to it. So if you're if your interest to Japanese culture, as it was for many um, who came behind me, mm-hmm. was like popular culture, mm-hmm. anime mm-hmm. or um, manga, the mm-hmm. comic books, mm-hmm. um, that can be the sort of core that brought you in. Mm-hmm. It can even be the thing that makes you stay. Right. But the thing, the thing is, is you also want 
it to be the thing that helps you grow, mm. right? So mm. um, you can stay, you can come, you can stay, mm-hmm. but, you know, expand beyond that to learn sort of, you know, okay, if you're interested in the stories, who are some of the writers? What are they, what are the places that are referred to in these mm-hmm. comic books? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are some of the phrases? Is that, who who says those things? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what types of relationships are the people who say those things? Mm-hmm. So find ways to expand, expand your yeah. knowledge you can still keep that thing at the core, right. but you know you eventually want to grow beyond that mm-hmm. um, because that's the stuff. And eventually, those things will get you to people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. people are what keep you connected. Mm-hmm. When I go back to Japan, I still visit. I make time to visit former colleagues, mm-hmm. teachers that I used to teach with back when I was teaching um, in schools, uh, my host family. Mm -hmm. I met up with my host sister a few years ago before the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, for the first time. We hadn't seen each other since we were 15 years old. It was kind of weird, but it was fun. (laughs) You know, so, but again, it's the people that keep you connected to these places and cultures. And so, um, so, you know, think about your entry point. It can be the thing that brought you. It can be the thing that stays, but also have it be the thing that helps you grow. So that's the first piece of information mm-hmm. or first piece of advice. Mm-hmm. The second piece is um, I think, you know, don't let anybody make you feel bad for your passion. Mm. Um, so when I told my parents I wanted to study Japanese, they were like, what? You will <laughs> never use it. Why do you need to study Japanese? You should take Spanish. Mm. Um, and my te- as I said, my parents were teachers. So they were like, you have to give us a good reason why you want to study Japanese. So I had mm-hmm. to present, I had to give my parents a presentation oh, as well. to why <laughs> they would approve because at that time they need to sign off on my schedule. Oh well. So they were like, you need to, so I had to give a presentation. My mother says she has it still somewhere. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a PowerPoint because PowerPoint wasn't a thing wasn't back in that day. Right? Uh, no, yeah, we had word processors. Right, right. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I remember. Remember the... The, tri- the slide things. Yep. Yeah. Oh, gosh, those yep. were painful. But go ahead. Um, yeah, computers. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, and then when I went to Japan for the first time, I had family members who were like, you're going to go over there and you're going to find, you know, you're going to come back with some Japanese person in a suitcase. <laughs> oh, like, you know, so there's just this un- unknowingness yes, and also yes. like you're, you're strange. Or even mm-hmm. to this day, people are always like, how did you get interested in Japan? (laughs) Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's always this sort of question of why. Mm -hmm. And if I had been a different person, Mm -hmm. it might have stopped me or made me think twice Mm -hmm. and change course. Mm -hmm. But I think because I am who I am, I was just like, you know, I'm not paying attention to y'all. I really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't know where this is going to all end up Mm -hmm. in the end, but it's something that I really enjoy and I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sure it'll make sense in some way in the Mm -hmm. future. And it has. Right. Um, Here we are. (laughs) Exactly. This is, yeah, now I'm here and doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, don't let anybody discourage you or make you feel bad for the things that you love or are passionate about. That's awesome. Very true. Um, wow. So, so Maya, <laughs> I, I wish it's almost like, gosh, we need another hour. But we're wrapping up our hour. And um, 
you know, it, it was awesome chatting with you today. And I, I honestly, I think, I think we need a part two. Um, so to wrap things up, uh, I would love to hear, you know, you've shared actually lots of personal stories and moments from your career. Um, but I'm wondering if there's one moment um, or story that you'd like to share that left, uh, you know, a lasting impact on you. Um, and then continues to inspire you. I, and I feel like our entire conversation really revolves around that. But I'm curious if there's just one more that you haven't shared with, with me today. Um, not a story, but mm -hmm. a relationship. Okay. If that will Yeah, help. that sounds even better. Um, so when I went to Japan um, during college, uh, or after college, mm -hmm. um, and was teaching there. Um, it was in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. um, and I worked for a um, a city government. And um, in Japan, it was before the days of things like direct deposit for your paychecks. Mm -hmm. So every month, we teachers would have to go to um, the city center, education center, and pick up our uh, wads of money um, <laughs> in our paychecks uh -huh. and then we would go there f uh, around lunchtime and in mm -hmm. the lunchtime we'd all bike across the, mm -hmm. the river and deposit and our deposit. cash into <laughs> our bank accounts uh -huh. um, which was I, it's an experience just, yeah, it's a, a, definitely a cultural experience yeah um, and the person who used to pay us mm -hmm. um, was um, he was just a, a central office employee um, his name was Mr. Abe, and um, he is one of those people that I used to describe as a not typical Japanese person mm -hmm. because he used to have he had an earring, <laughs> he had like a gold chain, mm -hmm. and he like a thick gold chain, and he spoke no English. Oh wow! But he loved the English teachers. Oh wow! <laughs> um, and uh, one like. In the first six months or so, mm -hmm. um, he invited um, me and one of the other English teachers. Uh, he had a weekend house in Nagano Prefecture, which was mm -hmm. a prefecture that was about two hours away by car. Mm -hmm. um, and we were like, we I knew Japanese or some Japanese, but she didn't know a lot of Japanese. And we were like, how are we going to spend a weekend with this dude <laughs> who speaks no English? Right. What are we going to do for a right. weekend? How are we going to uh, communicate? How are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. But... The other teachers who had been there longer were like, he's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful house. It's in the countryside. Mm. Uh, he also does pottery. Oh, wow. And so, you know, you should just really, really go. And his wife is a really, really good cook. You mm -hmm. should go. They're really cool people. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay. So we go um, our first our first foray. It's mm -hmm. like in February. Um, and lo and behold, we go. And that weekend, there is a storm with six oh. feet of snow. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we get snowed in. So we couldn't even go anywhere. Go anywhere. We couldn't leave the house. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the plows and stuff were coming through. It was this little, little tiny town. Mm -hmm. And we spend the weekend um, doing pottery. So he's a pottery teacher mm -hmm. on the side. Um, so he's teaching us how to do pottery. Oh, and then nice. he decided that, okay, we're going to do this other project. So he pulls out these big sheets of paper mm -hmm. and he starts um, helping. He's like, you know, just write words. Mm -hmm. So he pulls out this dictionary. And so he starts writing words in English. Mm -hmm. And then we start writing simplified words in Japanese. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what is he doing? Like, what are we mm -hmm. doing? This is just like right. an exercise in <laughs> like handwriting. Yeah. Like what's happening? Mm -hmm. And you know, at the end of that, he let it dry overnight. Mm -hmm. And then um, the next day, 
the papers have disappeared and we're mm-hmm. like, where did they go? <laughs> and his wife was making breakfast and mm-hmm. whatever. So we sit down to breakfast and lo and behold, he had taken the papers, cut them down to size mm-hmm. and used them to wallpaper the bathroom oh, wow. on the first floor oh, my of the house. And we were like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. And he was like, well, he's like, this is your contribution to our house. And it was it's one of those things where I was just like, you never know where a risk, a choice or doing something that you never thought you would do could Mm -hmm. lead you. Wow. And this person became probably the most important person to me Mm -hmm. in Japan during those years. Mm -hmm. Um, He embraced me after that. you know, when my family came to visit, he mm-hmm. invited my parents to awesome. the house. We spent a few days there when my parents were visiting Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, he and my dad bonded. My dad doesn't speak any Japanese. Mm-hmm. Abe didn't speak any English. But somehow they went on a walk in town and he introduced him. To every, like it was just they had this whole That's bonding great. thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, when I came back, it turns out he got sick. Um, and um, people from Japan were calling me, and they were like, Maya, you have to come. He's oh. he's dying, and oh, yeah. I was able to go. That's why I need to take knitting needles mm-hmm. on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, I was able to see him before he died, and oh, during I'm that sorry. time, my his wife, who I didn't have a relationship with mm-hmm. as much, um, she and I spent a lot of time talking mm-hmm. in um, the... Uh, day room mm-hmm. outside and we began a relationship mm-hmm. um and to this day um she and I are still in communication and mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where um as i said the people are what keep me connected to japan mm-hmm. um and had i not said yeah i don't know how this is going to work but right. let's do it mm-hmm. i would have never had the the joy of that relationship, that right. friendship um, with me for the length of time that I did. Right. And so that is, I think, the risk, the joy and the reward mm-hmm. of, you know, mm-hmm. doing things across cultures and just with people in general. Yeah. And so that's the thing, that relationship, the origin, the existence and even the ending to some respect, I mm-hmm. think, are the things that stay with me. Oh, that's that's a beautiful story. <laughs> I love that, and and it kind of uh, brings me to my my final question. I do have one more question for you, uh, related to that, because I'm glad I'm that, that really was a beautiful story. Um, how how does that experience uh, uh, affect what you foresee or what you would like to happen with our uh, DEIB committee mm. uh, here at Yale College and um, if you could, in one year, tell me where you, one thing you'd like us to accomplish together uh, on the committee, what what would that be? Well, I think we are, we've already accomplished one of the things that we've talked about, mm-hmm. which is um, more people wanting to engage. Mm. Um, we've seen a number of people who've showed interest in joining yes. the committee, which yes. we're like, yay! I know it's awesome. Um, keep them coming. Five people. people, by the way, right? Yeah, we have new five people so far. Yeah. Um, so you know that interest, I think, speaks to people's interest, but also to your earlier point of people's feelings of safety to being able to do that. Yes. Right. So um, 
I I think that was one of the things that we that was one of our goals, mm-hmm. and so I think that's an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in a year, um, I I think what I would like to see is, um, you know, I would like to see um, the conversations, the interactions, and just the feeling of belonging mm-hmm. um people feeling like they belong and the actions of including people mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they feel to um include uh belonging mm-hmm. um i would like to see that more embedded in the day to day um not just our interactions as colleagues right. but between the institution and the yes. people yes um and so um, we can start small, mm-hmm. um, whether that is, um, you know, some of the things that we saw in the survey, whether mm-hmm. that's transparency, whether mm-hmm. that's just understanding what people do here, yes, yes. Um, communication, like whatever it is. Um, if there are three demonstrated areas where um, inclusion and belonging, uh, the sentiment um, is embedded mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. visibly in between the institution and the people, mm-hmm. that would be success. That would be a good start. That's awesome. <laughs> and we have our work cut out for us, right? Oh, yes. The work is never done. It took us how <laughs> many years to get done. here? Yes. You know, hundreds of years to get here. Right. It'll be a long time to get out of this. Right. But, uh, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I do not tire. I am energized by the work ahead. Yes. And I always say that I don't think Yale knew what they were getting into when, <laughs> when they, they said you. yes <laughs> to hiring me. So um, I am here as long as they will let me stay. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That is awesome. And uh, yes, absolutely. I I um, am excited uh, about where things can go from, from here. Um you know, this will be this past summer was my my 16th year here at Yale. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. Like even just doing this podcast has been a, a great experience. It's, it's been amazing, actually, just to talk to different people. And, and then the feedback that we've been getting um, on the awesome. uh, episodes, is it's been awesome and amazing. It's even, you know, for it, it's it's been rewarding for me because it's like, you know, people who give me compliments and, and, you know, to be honest, this was outside of my comfort zone. This wasn't something that I, I really just wanted to be behind the scenes and can I just buy some cameras and I'll, I'll set you up, but <laughs> I'll sit behind the scenes, you know, I'll post this stuff on the, on the site and, uh, you know, and somehow it became this and, and, but it's been, it's been wonderful because I, I've had a chance to get to know Lots of folks, including including you, and and uh, you know made some new friends, um, and you're our superstar now. You're you're the voice of the Yale College Voices, and I I love the I, I have it on Spotify, and uh, I get the updates when a new episode nice. drops. And I'm like, yes, Ooh. perfect. And it's cool now, also because 
being a member of the Yale community, mm-hmm. these are people who are here, right? Yes. And so, like, so often for podcasts, it's like people who are, you know, seven degrees of Kevin right. Bacon yeah. away from you, right? <laughs> exactly. And, but here, it's like, wow, these yeah. are actually people that if I wanted to follow up, right. I could invite for coffee because exactly. I'm like, I heard you on your podcast and you said this really interesting it's thing. A conversation Can... started. Exactly. Which I love that. Um, and I love, <laughs> you know, I love that we've gotten to know beyond okay here's what you do for Yale or here right. here's your job yep. but I, I love that I've learned so much about people you know what you do outside of Yale with your time and some you know truly amazing folks yep. and and yourself included I mean it, it's uh the uh, the amount of experience and knowledge that we have you know yeah all jam-packed <laughs> in our uh Yale college staff I mean it's it's yeah. pretty cool to think we have so many different backgrounds and things that people do for the community here in yeah. New Haven and internationally. And and uh, yeah, this this has been a, an awesome experience. So and I hope it I hope one of the things that I hope is that it helps people to have a sense of, you know, people's dimensions like yes. the wholeness so when you ask people of their time right. when you ask people to do th- like you have yes. a sense that or it just gets you to think that oh maybe this person has more than just right. extra time outside of work exactly. because everybody is doing all of these things because then it actually also changes mm-hmm. how you interact respect people's time ask exactly. people for help you know call on people for advice or whatever right. um and i think that again adds to people feeling seen heard and felt like people respect yes. them yes. in their fullness not right. just this one dimension exactly. of work so yeah that that's been my goal is just you know getting to know people here at here at Yale College, and who knows? I, I'm like, who knows? Maybe this will expand, you know, Ooh. beyond Yale College. I don't know, but um, but yeah, get getting to know folks so that uh, attaching faces and actual, you yeah. know, we are human beings that yeah. <laughs> contribute to this wonderful place, and hopefully, you know, whether it's students or other staff or whomever, and they cross paths with with the folks I've interviewed so far that uh, it, it is a conversation starter and it's a way to uh, connect yep. and make you feel more comfortable to have a conversation, you know, no matter what that conversation may be. Um, so, yeah, if, if I if I affect one person, then I've been <laughs> successful um, in, well, in doing this. So now we just have to figure out who's going to interview you at I some know. point. <laughs> I That's... do. So I did get one volunteer, actually, Ooh, believe it or not. Okay. So, so I don't know. I have to I have to schedule that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. Well, you have to put but, that like as, you know, that's like the New Year's or a birthday new, uh, edition or something. The New Year's edition. Like a special edition of the podcast. <laughs> I know. And that, that's the other thing, too, because I, you know, um, the folks I've reached out to to, to schedule podcast uh, interviews, they're like, I... I'm not that interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you are. Um, you know, and, and I think some people felt initially like, I don't know. I mean, what, what would I talk about? And, mm. and in some ways I kind of feel that way, but, but, you know, I, I think what has been awesome about doing this again is just attaching the human side of, mm-hmm. 
you know, we're all people. We all do different things. And we and all have a story to tell. We all have a story to tell. And, and they're all amazing stories. I mean, honestly, like all of the episodes I've recorded so far and, and upcoming episodes, I'm, I'm just... Um, I'm actually really proud that uh, <laughs> I am I, uh, that, you know, to to have this uh, kaleidoscope of mm. uh, stories from from our staff. So um, but anyway, I can go on and on. We're going to run out of time. So yes, we need to just carry this on into a lunch conversation. I know, right? We need to go be. to lunch now. <laughs> Perfect timing. You know? yes. So Maya, um Thank you so much again. I, I number one, appreciate your, uh, you know, your friendship, uh, being able to work with you on the advisory committee um, and just being able to uh, interact with you and have you on the podcast. I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your support. Um, you know, you, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. Um, the, it's a great marriage. Always so. here. Always here. <laughs> Yes. Um, so thank you very much for today. Uh, so of course I have to plug you, you, you mentioned Spotify. Uh, so we are on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud and also Apple podcasts. So please check us out. And, uh, the episode will be posted soon. I'm hoping to post a, at least, um, at least a few more before the, the holiday break, before the winter break. So, uh, check us out and, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. <laughs> I hope you're following me. Um, I but, don't have an Instagram. Okay. <laughs> you have to create one now. See, now I'm going to help you create one. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. That's my homework. That's, my that's homework. your homework. <laughs> we need your one more follower. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, Yale College Voices. That's that's the account on Instagram. So, uh, again, thank you so much for today. Thanks and so much for having me. This was great. This my was pleasure. My pleasure. It was fun. We need to see. We need another hour. It's a great way to end the week. It is. It is. So <laughs> I appreciate that. And now we're going to end that here. So thank you, Maya. Thanks. All right.